that first reading from Isaiah is kind of a heavy hitter, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit on another one of those points right from that, from that first reading. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. That's a super, super important point for the entire Christian world. One of the most important things about our Catholic faith, about believing in Christ, about believing in God, is that we have to be okay with a certain amount of mystery about the faith. Because God's ways are so much higher than our ways. I often think of, uh, there's this famous story about St. Augustine, you know, of course, one of the heavy hitters of the, earlier, of the early church, you know, in the first few hundred years of Christianity. And St. Augustine was pondering the mystery of the Trinity, and so he was walking along the beach, and he sees a little boy, and the little boy is scooping up handfuls of water and bringing them to this hole. And he's like, my boy, what are you doing? And he says, I'm trying to put all the sea into this hole. And he said, but that's impossible. And then the little boy stopped and he looked up at him and he said, it's no more impossible than you trying to figure out the immensity of the Trinity with your tiny intellect. And then it said he vanished from sight. So you can, uh, you can take it that one of the smartest Christians that ever lived, St. Augustine, God was trying to send him a message and put him in his place and realize that you can't grasp all of this fully. The things that we grasp, that's where we get the word revelation. They're revealed to us by God. That's why we know the things that we know. And it's amazing because we do know a lot. There's no doubt that we know a lot. But I, I, and I thought about this kind of sometimes when I thought about creator. I've always been somebody who really loves the creative process, working with my hands, doing things like that making rosaries and like, I don't know, there are all kinds of things over the years I've always wanted to like tinker with or make. And I started thinking of just different examples of stuff. And I thought, not that everybody has one of these these days, but many people have still seen like a really cool and fancy mechanical watch. You know, when you look at the movement and all the tiny little parts that are moving around all in this perfect, perfect synchronicity. And you know, the funny thing is, the watch doesn't ever ask the watchmaker, like, hey, why, you know, why did you do that? I think, you know, I have a suggestion for you. Maybe if you make the movement like this and do that, you know, like, it just doesn't work like that with created things. And then, of course, I was totally going to use the example of something like the iPhone. I was like, when's the last time that your iPhone talked back at you and said, and then I was like, oh, wait a second, that's not a good example <laughs> and stuff, because it does that all the time. But same thing, though. You look inside at the guts of a phone, and you're like, oh my gosh, that took generations of people to figure out that technology and create it. And yet, it never asks its maker, you know, hey, you know, why did you do it this way? Maybe you should try this instead. But I give those examples just to say how high above creation God really is. However, he humbles himself and he comes down on this earth as Jesus Christ to be one of us. That's the other amazing thing about God, about creator, 
is that he humbles himself to be like us so we can understand him better. And it's all a part of his divine plan of revelation. Today, one of the things that I want us all to remember, to recall from the crucifixion of Jesus, is that Jesus is outstretched, crucified on the cross, in the center of two thieves, to his right and to his left. And one of the thieves says to him, he recognizes three important things. A, that he was wrong, that he's a sinner. He recognizes that Jesus is God and that he wants to go to heaven. And he, forget, and he asks for repentance, essentially. And so Jesus tells him, you know, today you will be with me in paradise. And so when we hear our readings today, our readings about this sort of what seems like an injustice, like, oh, why did all these workers, you know, that didn't work as long and everything like that, to understand the, the way that God functions? Here's the thing. Arms outstretched on the cross. Those two hands are a scale, a perfect scale of justice and mercy. Many of you who have ever been to confession to me before have probably heard me say this a million, or daily mass. I say it, I say it a lot, but I don't know. It's important to repeat true things. So, justice and mercy. And he judges us perfectly in justice and mercy, these two arms. The thing that we do so poorly as human beings is the thing that God does perfectly. Sometimes as humans, we're super heavy on the justice side and real light on mercy, but it really does swing the other way as well. We could, we could be so merciful that we're not holding people accountable for things that they should be held accountable for. It's a really, really important distinction so that the God that forgives us, when Christ forgives us our sins, that perfect balance that we're judged by, that each one of us is judged by, we have to go back out into the world and treat people like that. Now, like I said, we do so imperfectly and we struggle with it all of the time but to be judged by the just judge is to try to become a just judge it's an important important distinction in our christian life and those two thieves on the cross one of them does not accept jesus and the other one does the other one is willing to accept his judgment admit that he was wrong and ask for forgiveness and he receives it now that last line that big kind of clincher you know every once in a while you know jesus loves to drop those last lines and like drop the mic and then kind of the gospel seems to end you're like oh man you know so the first shall be last and the last shall be first there's a couple different interpretations of that one of the interpretations actually that, that i rarely hear but it, but it's a very interesting one is that god reveals himself first to the Jewish people, to the people of Israel. So they're the first to receive this revelation. Remember, they, they only know God. The only way that they have a relationship with God is in his word. So remember, God speaks to Moses at the burning bush. And so he knows him in word. And you know, says, you know, sir, who are you? I am who am. I am, I am is, is being. That means like I exist, I'm it. Again, 
so God are so higher God's ways above our ways. He is being itself. But people only know him in word at that point. Then, that's why we use the phrase, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Because Jesus Christ comes to earth, and the person that we only knew in word, we now know in person. That's an amazing, amazing thing that he humbles himself to do that. So one of the, one of the distinctions, of course, those that, those that are Jewish right now, those that are still practicing Judaism in the Old Covenant, of course, we believe in a New Covenant, that Jesus is in the New Covenant and he gives us this new way to live our life. All of the commandments are fulfilled in these. Love God above yourself and love your neighbor, um, you know, and love your neighbor like yourself. And so one of the things, the first who received the message, they say, in the end of time, when all things return back to God, people will say, even Israel, even, even the Jewish people will return to God, will believe in Jesus. And so the first, you know, the, the, the last shall be first, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. That's one of the interpretations. The other one, the more common one that we hear of all the time is just how tied down we get on this earth with material things. Material things can create so much distraction in our life that it's hard for us to focus on God. So many that seem to have everything in this life are often is seen as being the last in heaven. Because it's like, you know, God said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's of the next world. And so those that focus so much on earth are kind of the last to get it, the last to understand the message. But here's the most important thing. We all really want to be first. We all want to be amongst the first. We all want to be amongst the saved. And so what's the way that you do that? The same way that we become friends with one another is the same way that we become friends with the God of the universe. Through conversation and time. Now, my best friend of 25 years is here today, and I'm not going to point him out to you because then everybody, you know, looks and, you know, get all embarrassed and stuff like that. But the same way that we got to know each other over the years, we spent, you know, hours and hours and hours talking about stuff and, like, hanging out. We drove to the Outer Banks from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I think, like, three times. That's 26 hours one way just to get out there. That's a whole lot of conversation and a whole lot of time. But this is the way that we get to know one another on earth. And this is the way that we have to get to know the Lord. Every time you come to church, every time you come to Mass, every time you pray a prayer, you're offering time and a dialogue with the Lord. And we need, every one of us, we need to bolster that up so that he knows us and we know him. Remember, he says, some of you will say to me, Lord, Lord, and I'll say to them, I never knew you. But how do we know somebody? We give them the most valuable gift that we have on this earth, our time. And when we spend time with each other, we talk to each other. One of the greatest examples of this, one of my favorite stories, is when Jesus has already been raised after three days in the grave, He's resurrected and walking amongst his disciples again. 
and he happens to be on the road to Emmaus with two believers, with two other Christians, and they're walking and they don't recognize Jesus at first. So they're walking along on the path and they're walking and he's like, are you the only one who haven't ha- hasn't heard about the things of Jesus and, you know, the things that are happening in these days? And it's funny because Jesus is like, oh no, tell me more, <laughs> which, which is kind of great. And so they're walking along the path, talking, spending time together, but they don't recognize him. And I know all of you know how they recognize him. How do they recognize him? They don't recognize him until he breaks the bread. They recognize him in the breaking of the bread. And he said, then he blessed the bread, broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. This is a transition point in salvation history. We weren't there when Jesus was crucified. We weren't there for his three years of ministry. We weren't there at that time and didn't know him in the flesh like the disciples did at that time frame. But at that moment, he hands on the Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity in bread and wine. And remember, so high are God's ways above our ways. It seems like such a stretch. You know, it's like bread and wine as truly and really the body and blood of Christ. When your ways are that high above everything, when you've created all things and you create all matter, that's the only one that can make other matter be something else substantially. So that's how those followers know him in the breaking of the bread, in the way that we wouldn't get to know him the rest of our lives. Because once Jesus ascends into heaven, 40 days when when he was on the earth, All that we have left is that substantial presence of Jesus in the body and blood of Christ, the same way that those two disciples recognized him on the road to Emmaus. So I'll leave you with this today. Words from St. Paul in the book of Romans. How deep are the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How inscrutable his judgments How unsearchable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has given him anything so as to deserve return? For from him and through him and for him all things are. To him be glory forever. Amen. God bless you all today.